All right. Today is August 2nd, 2021. It's Monday. David, how's it going? July 16th. That was the last time we recorded, correct? Yes, which is too long. Too long, man. Too long. I think it's also, I mean, it's of course the... uh, well, I went to San Diego, as you know. Yes. A days yes. And it was a good time. It was a good time. I um, I'm trying to trying to think if if I were to only have a sentence to summarize the trip, what it would be. Hmm. And I think for me, it would be. I learned that I need to organize for story. And I think to explain that a bit, you know, going there and interviewing people and hearing their story, right? I mean, interviewing their story alone doesn't seem like it's doing much. You know, like just hearing stories, recording them, done. Yeah. Something more needs to happen, you know, something... People need to hear these stories and, and feel like they need to make change. And I, I feel like that's, I don't know what that's going to mean, but I feel like that's, for me, a good mission to carry forth this fall semester. And um, I might actually take a class called Public Narrative. Um, because I think stories should be public, you know? And in, in a way, this podcast is a kind of good escape from that because in a way the story is public but in another way it's deeply deeply private hmm. i don't know it was just a good time you know i mean it's hard to try and come back with every single detail and every single little thing yeah of course but other than that um i guess any moments would... stand out to you oh good question i played chess i played chess with there's this one one person we interviewed, his name's Hilton Smith. He's yeah. like he's like seventy-four now and he's the leader, he's the president of the Black Lives Matter community in the Imperial Valley. He played chess. And bro, this dude scared the fuck out of me. He was like, Yeah, I've been playing I've been playing for fifty years. <laughs> he started playing when he was a teenager. Fifty plus years. So you can imagine me be like, yo, what the fuck? I'm about to get fucked up, you know, like this is gonna suck. Um, did you beat him? I I did I did, but it was it was like I don't think he really ever got formal training in chess. Mm-hmm. You know, he kind of always approached chess as like, oh, okay, <clears throat> let me find the best move. You know, in the moment yeah and yeah shit. yeah. And and I did beat him, and and it's so funny. He made the first two moves that he made. I don't know if you know this, but like, there's actually a way to checkmate someone in two moves. But that involves your opponent making two very specific odd moves. So it almost never happens. It won't happen yeah. because you just won't make those moves. But he made both of those moves. Did you? So Did I you pounce I, on it? Or no, was it disrespectful? No, that was, yeah, that was disrespectful. Bro. Like, he invited me to his house. And, dude, his house is, like, so... It's Well, first of all, he's, he's, well, he's, well, he's African-American, obviously. But his home yeah. is filled with, like, these artifacts from Africa. That he either purchased oh, or friends gave sick. him. It literally looks like a museum. And that's, that's it's awesome. Just, and, you know, the Imperial Valley is not a really wealthy region. You know, so he lives in a normal home. Like, on the outside, it just looks like a normal suburban home you'll find in Merced. But the inside is a completely different world. It's crazy. He invited me to his home. He gave me a free t-shirt, too, a BLM t-shirt. So I wasn't going to checkmate this dude in two moves. The <laughs> so so yeah. I, I played, played, played a bit more. And uh, it was actually good games. He just talked about, you know, he, he shitted on Trump a lot. Mm, okay. And um, talked about, like, just how difficult it is being being um, being poor here. You know, the Imperial Valley doesn't have any homeless shelters. And it's like 112 degrees outside during the heat Yikes. in the summer. Yeah, you know, it's rough. I don't know. That that was a good moment. That was definitely a good moment. Good bonding moment. Yeah. It's nice. Yeah. And then you get home. And 
then I got home. And then I got home. And uh, have you reunited? I have. I have. It was really cute. It was really nice. It was actually very heartfelt. Um, she met me at the airport. It was like 10.30 at night. And uh, um, she was, it, there was an escalator. I went down the escalator. She was right there. And I was expecting to get my luggage first and then meet her outside somehow. But she was there early and she was waiting. And um, it was a very nice reunion. It was a very, very nice reunion. We went home to my home. And she had cooked some Moroccan stew. Hmm. Uh, vegetarian Moroccan stew. And then for the past few days, it was pretty good. It was very, there's a lot of spice. She, she deals oh, with see. a lot of spice. Like I never use cumin or. Really? Or, no, almost never. No, I know. That's right? like the basis of all my food. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. Um, I use I use soy sauce, dark soy sauce, oyster sauce. and That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know how it goes. Um, I know how it goes. Yeah. Do you mind just pre- I just it's just for me I know this is like t- taking turns and shit but I just really I'm like the curiosity is eating at me right now. What how the hell did you get a volunteer job at the p- communist bookstore? Okay, yeah. Uh, and I've been I've been needing advice on this. Yeah, cuz I just I don't know how to feel about the whole situation. But anyways, uh yeah, communist bookstore called Revolutions Bookstore. It's run by a whole bunch of people in their like early to late 70s who were a part of the anti-war freedom of speech civil rights movement in the late 60s and yeah they're very communist like it's intense it's a little intense and it's rough and and there, there have been fascists who have driven across the country just to harass them like it is a known thing and, and milo I'm not going to attempt his last name. You know who I'm talking about, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. Like, when when he, he spoke at Berkeley, he sent a mob towards their bookstore, actually. Which is ridiculous. Oh. And they have pictures of like them like holding the door down. There's like a group of people trying to break in. Crazy, right? But anyways, uh, I, I, I came into the bookstore and I was just like, honestly looking for just some lighthearted conversation and i got that which is nice because i was i was reading a, a history of people's park which is a, a local author made it it's really good it's full of photos from the late 60s when reagan tried stomping all over people's park to build like a five rise uh dormitory but the students banded together and stopped that gentrification so that's nice um I was reading that book and this guy, this kid named Manuel comes up to me and a great conversation, man, like really well-spoken. He's a a geography major in Santa Barbara, but he uses geography. He looks, how do I, how do I explain this? He looks at um, politics through like a geography lens in a way and weird combo but it's amazing. It, it was really interesting to talk to him. I and mean, this is a complete this is a complete stranger, right? Yeah. Uh, and we we talked about um we listened to Blowback both seasons, which was awesome. So we talked about Cuba, we talked about Iraq, and then he kind of taught me about Bolivia and, you know, our little imperialist stint in Bolivia. <laughs> uh and we kind of just nodded heads and agreed that America <laughs> It sucks in, in a lot of different ways. Um, and it was just nice. And then I got his number and I got his Instagram and we're most likely nice. getting coffee soon. So oh, that's the important thing. Getting those digits yes, is exactly. the important thing. Yes. And I've learned to really pounce on that. Um, okay. And then I, I talked to Rico. Rico, she's like the uh, manager at the bookstore. And she... Uh, yeah, she was like, I've seen you in her. Oh, okay. Actually, I left an impression. I don't know the name of the other owner, but I was talking to them and they asked for my name. And then I come in the next day and they're like, are you Cal? And they're like, yeah. I was like, yeah, I am Cal. And they're like, well, you were talking to, I forgot his name, but they're like, yeah, you're, you talked to our other manager yesterday and uh, we're just like glad that you come in and like check out our books and stuff. 
And I was like, yeah, it's it's a nice little bookstore. And she was like, are you interested in revolution? <laughs> and I was oh like, my fucking God. I was like, well, it depends of what kind. And she's like, a communist revolution? And I was like, I mean, yeah, that's exciting. Um, and yeah, she's like, you should be a part of it. She's like, we we need more young people. And, we's like, and, she, and she said, we need like charismatic young people who are willing to talk to try to get their generation to be a part of this. And mm. I was like, interesting. No, no, here's the thing, right? Am I a communist? That's the, that's the first question that must be asked. Like, I can't be a part of this revolution that they're going for if I don't even believe in the doctrine, right? Mm-hmm. So... Well, how much of the doctrine are you are you like looking at? Because you know, communist doctrine and communist practice are huge different things. Oh yeah, true. Yes, but but they have a website called Revcom that basically has um, their everything they believe in on a website okay. and and okay. the leader and it's kind of like a okay. Well, their leader is Bob Avakian. Avakian. Bob Avakian. Um, he's been a political thinker for a very long time and he's kind of a Maoist communist and he disagrees with Marx on a few things. Uh, and the number one being that, well, Marx believes that like the power is held in the exploited in the, mm-hmm. in the working class, but because he's like a Maoist, he believes like the truly poor, like the actual peasants are the ones who hold power. Um, And that's, I mean, but, but here's the thing that speak and all that political theory doesn't mean anything to, to a factory worker or a food service worker. Like this is where I kind of get frustrated with this like whole revolution thing. I'm like, this is too, like, can we boil this down? Like, are people going to get free healthcare? Like, are people going to get a guaranteed income? And it's just frustrating. Like, this is why we haven't, this is why, like, there hasn't been a revolution. Is none of these words mean anything to anybody besides, like, a small group of intellectuals that just sit here and, like, wonder why the revolution isn't happening. And so that's, that's where I'm getting kind of frustrated. Um, and I'm still coming in on Saturday and I'm excited. But, but yeah, I just don't know if I'm a communist. And I feel like that's an important thing to, to, to decide before I start right. being a part of this, you know? Is there anything about their doctrine specifically that you disagree with? Like maybe? <sighs> yeah, I'm not entirely sure. I, I've read through it. <sighs> well, it, okay, let me ask you this. And I, I would love to hear your perspective. Do you think inequality is necessary? Inequality is an economic inequality or? Yes, economic inequality. Do you believe some should be richer than others? If As for, in monetary wealth? Yeah, to have an economy to function. For an economy to function. No, absolutely not. No, no, no. If the, if, if, if the question is phrased so that it's like, is inequality necessary for an economy to function? Absolutely not. I disagree. I disagree. Mm. Disagree that economy must function with inequality because it's all. I think. I think in many ways, econ- it's it's about incentive, right? Exactly. Yeah. It's about incentive, about what people need, what people want, and this is actually really interesting. So I've been reading a book that has to do with the Imperial Valley. It's called The Union of Their Dreams. Regarding Cesar Chavez and his farm workers union. Yeah, yeah. And the farm workers union is really interesting because it held out for the longest time on subsistence wages. As in like all like even the president, even Cesar Chavez himself took a minimum like ten dollars a week living amongst beds in like used like abandoned hospitals and stuff, like just really just subsistence, right? Subsistence wages. And his the entire union based off of volunteers or very, very low minimum wage jobs, right? And and the idea was that people, instead of money, found cause and found community, mm. right? Where help was lent, 
you know, where people live together, right? And if, if yeah, sure, there could be basic wages, basic wages and basic monetary systems that offered flexibility and purchasing power. But if you were to convert, if people's, if people, if people exited college with their top mind, uh, with their first thought to find a community instead of finding money, how different would a world be? You know, that is a, that is a great point. Yeah. But I, I just think that inequality Inequality, I think, is also somewhat of a red herring to a certain degree. Obviously, at a billionaire's level, no. It's, there's obviously yeah, of course inequality. not. Of course not. But if someone were to make slightly more money than another, it's so easy to call them unequal, unequal. One's richer than the other. And I think that's the, the shortcoming of, of economics that uses numbers or relies on numbers or relies on money as a as a value of things, you know. Mm. But if you were to have, you know, quote-unquote a farmer, I think, okay, the people I lived with, Gretchen and Mario, those two people, I mean, they're amazing people, the people I lived with in Imperial Valley, amazing people, but they don't earn too, very much at all. Yeah. But their home is beautiful, filled with artifacts that they've collected over decades from flea markets, from pulgas, or, which are these, like, Hispanic flea markets, <laughs> Yeah. Um, and they feel like they r- live a rich life. And so what does this feel rich mean? And what value does it have? You know, because on, on paper, it doesn't have any value. So I, mm. I, I don't know. I think inequality is hard to measure for one, too. Yeah. Beyond income, right? Like, how do you start factoring happiness? longevity curiosity i see wisdom, you know like so you're taking kind of an yeah i mean it's tough because like if, if a marxist was sitting here they'd say like you're kind of taking an idealist approach when you need to take a materialist approach mm-hmm. like no i they think they think simply to solve problems people need capital and that's where the power lies right but what does capital earn you beyond like beyond does capital directly mean survival and living because mm. because because capital must be spent capital must be used it's a middleman you know yeah um and i think it's like when you when you make it when you choose a target you make it a target you know when you choose to focus on money the system will naturally gravitate towards the money. You know, I think, and that's where, like, a Marxist would say, oh, foc- you focus on materialism, well, then you'll make materialism important. You know, if you center all your policy and thinking around gaining material, then everyone's going to think material is the most important thing you're going to look for. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's as if I said, hey, don't look at the red ball. You're going to look at the red ball. Yeah, that is you a know? good point. So if you instead were to be like, I don't even know how you would say it, but like, you know, the most important thing in life is to find a cause and find a community. You know, the people look like, okay, well, how and why? And if, if suddenly a government were to orient themselves to, you know, to reward those in communities, I don't know, or even just using language and saying community is the most health, healthy option yeah. for people, you know. Instead of, oh, wealth will get you this, wealth will get you that, capital will get you this. Maybe. That's an idea, at least my thinking. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting, yeah. I mean, definitely. I mean, I- I'm going either way, right? Like, I don't need to, like, decide whether or not I'm a communist. This is just a great way to meet people. <laughs> so like so yeah so i would say try it out you know of course yeah and it looks it looks fun they've done some really cool stuff like they once got a really high powered projector and like shot like a 100 and actually no 100 like a 500 inch screen on top of like the berkeley tower and it was like 
political messages and they played it like for like three days just weird crazy things like that and they just come together so hmm. i'll see I'll, I'll 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 try it out you know what i mean if i'm if it's eh, then whatever um you know what i mean it's not like i'm committed to it yeah but i'm um, also curious what when you do when you do get more exposed i want you to like it'd be interesting i'm curious myself i want you to see whether or not people like the reason why people are doing this and 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 to look past their superficial excuses see if they're there for the movement for the sake of starting a movement or actually thinking that there are problems and wanting to solve them you know it's kind of like the mm. people who want attention and find the most extravagant way to solve a problem yeah versus like this like even the marxists would say materialism will focus on practicality you know yeah. is, are, is sending this giant projector for the sake of true benefit for people or is it to garner attention and garner fame yeah you know because ultimately yes you can argue that oh yeah fame will get us attention which will get us donations which can get us help but also actually helping people will spread the word too exactly and that's the important thing it's funny exactly. you know mark you know marx actually w- decided that he wanted to start a revolution before he came up with his own theory mm. the, the I, he wanted revolution before marxism which is just i find funny but it still worked out in a roundabout way um yeah um so yeah that's that's on the list also democratic socialist what is it called the ds the dsl let me look it up. You should probably know what this is. Hold on. Democratic Socialist East Bay. There we are. All right. Yes. The DSA. Have you heard of the DSA? No. It's the Democratic Socialist of America. Basically, just a whole bunch of Bernie bros that like get together. Um, and they have like different committees where they talk about different things and like decide how they're going to help people in their specific area. And one of my housemates is a part of the East Bay DSA. Uh, and I was like, I'm also going to go to a few meetings to see what that's like as well. Uh, I want to stop by the green new deal committee. Um, Cause I'm like, I don't know. I hope they put, I, I just hope they talk about new. I know nuclear energy isn't talked about in the green new deal, right? No. It's like forbidden, which I find really frustrating. But anyways, yeah. which it's just dumb. It's just like it's it's a trendy bill in, uh, at the end of the day. Uh, and then the Medicare for all committee. So I'm also going to stop by those because they're in person, which is cool. I'll actually be able to meet people face to face. All right. Now that I got that out of the way. Uh, what was I going to talk about? Yes, the podcast. You have to hear what's going on with my podcast, David. Yes, let's hear it. All right. So, um, still, I don't have a title for the podcast whatsoever, but I have a few talking points. I have my interview with Kim on Wednesday, which is exciting. And How I did you the, approach him with this, by the way? Oh, I hit him up. Well, I hit up uh, Les because Kim doesn't have a phone. And I was like, Les, uh, would Kim be interested in talking about the, the late 60s specifically, like his experience in the Bay Area? And Les is like, he will ramble <laughs> for like literally three days because uh, he just he loves talking about culture like that's his favorite thing to talk about and yeah he's always wanted to podcast with me too he's always wanted to come on like anytime i told him about our podcast he's like can i come on when can i come on so oh so he's yeah let's go okay he's hyped he's hyped for this um yeah but do you know so osley stanley i don't know if you know who that is but he was a UC Berkeley chemistry student who decided to start making LSD. And he's mm. credited for like, you know, you know, the summer of love in 1968. Yeah. That happened here in California. People say that he's the reason it happened because he was the one who distributed most, if not all of the LSD in the Bay area. Damn. He, in the first year of him cooking LSD, he made 300,000 tabs and then it became millions and millions and millions of tabs and he worked with like bands like the grateful dead like all those psychedelic rock bands very famous figure he actually recently just died in a car accident 
he was like age 78 which is just so weird and tragic Ow. but um kim was friends with this guy <laughs> and and kim I, I thought he was just like doing some rambling he was like do you know who osley stanley is and i'm like no and he's like look it up because i know that guy and i looked it up and i'm like oh my this is going to be very interesting and very crucial for understanding the late 60s in the bay area and so i think i'm going to dedicate an entire episode to just psychedelic drugs I, I I really think it deserves an entire episode, and it's it's not just to like be like yes, psychedelics are the reason why there was this political evolution and revolution in the late '60s, but it's more just to like debunk it mm-hmm. or to prove if it's true. Like, were psychedelics really the reason for the late '60s happening the way they happened? Um. So yeah, that's a question that I'm asking in the first episode that I'm bringing Kim on, um, and then I'm talking about. I'm dedicating an episode to Vietnam, okay. um, of course, and mostly just to talk about like the atrocities and talk about like specific stories of North Vietnamese citizens getting their lives completely ruined, because um, that's important. And then People's Park protest because like that's a Berkeley thing, and I need to be as local as possible with this. Right, be uh, aware. Yeah, and then um, I don't know if I'm going to talk about Nixon. Because I'm not sure. It, it's not really, it's more of like a federal, like all of the United States. But I but I would like to talk about just like people's attitudes towards conservatives, especially Reagan because he was governor at the time and Nixon because he was president at the time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which is just like the one-two punch of, <laughs> of the conservatives. Right. Yeah. Um, and these are, all, these are all separate episodes, correct? Yes, separate episodes. Um, or I might, you know, change it. I'm not entirely sure. And I, I don't know, like, I, I need your help in a few things. Like, I don't know if I should do this, like, chronologically or if I should do it by category or I just don't know how to order this. Like, Blowback somehow does it chronologically. Mm-hmm. I don't get how they do it, though. Like, it's just difficult to do it that way. Right. How Can you can, remind me again of Kim's history in the Bay Area? How long was he there? Uh, well, he was born and raised in the Bay Area. Okay. And and he um, he lived in East Bay. I th- think it was... Oh, no, no, no. He lived in, like, the Stanford area. Palo Alto. Palo Alto, yes. Uh, and, yeah, he just did tons of drugs and got his PhD while doing LSD every single day in the late 60s. And then when Vietnam was at its peak in the late 60s, early 70s, he moved to the mountains uh, because him and a whole bunch of hippies were just fed up with all like the ridiculous politics going on. Mm. And so they just kind of lived this secluded life in the mountains for a few years. And I really want to talk about his experience in the mountains because at the time things were really segregated, but he found this community in the mountains where he was just living amongst all ethnicities. You know, like wasn't a problem. And they all were able to like unite through food, actually, is what he told me. He's like, because I made the meanest baked potatoes in the world, I was able to hang out with literally anybody. And he, they had this like multicultural tribe going in the uh, in the woods. Hmm. And he did a lot of his best writing there, is what he told me. Damn. Yeah. Writing and, there. Yes. And and once he was um, and this is like northern northern California. Like, are you familiar with uh, Eureka? Yeah. It, he it was kind of there kind of in that area but he's like it was in the middle of nowhere in all honesty um and he, that's where he learned to backpack and like all these different sk- life skills and yeah once vietnam was over he uh you know came back to the city and started teaching so very interesting story yeah yeah so i mean honestly what i think you do is ask him because it feels like he's lived every single major point in the bay area and it'll be super cool to have him as like a returning point like almost as if this entire podcast is like a conversation with him but yes. then like you use that yeah you use that to like explore more you know Ooh, that is a great idea Ooh, so like almost pull talking points out of him and then explore them more thoroughly and then hop back into the conversation with him exactly exactly and use that as like 
you know it's it's kind of like it's kind of like in those documentaries where you like there's that main narrator that's being asked questions yeah um and you're, you're asking questions and then like so you know so like for instance can we be talking about the war you know in the bay area and then like you pull it off be like the the vietnam war in the bay area was you know berkeley and like you know, we can talk about like the draft cars and how they were burned and then all that all that all that all that you can you know obviously this will be like more of a documentary non-fiction style yeah but it's at our core it's still conversation david this is a beautiful see, idea you don't seem too excited about the research though what do you mean well you said the yeah as in like oh no 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 sorry i, I didn't mean that to seem that way no no, no yeah Oh, of course. Okay, okay. No, well, I mean, I, well, I've, I've I been doing see that, you know. Yeah, I've been doing a. Re- I've been actually doing a lot of research, which is I, I found a lot of good material. Um, what's nice about being in Berkeley is like a lot of the stuff is archived, and there's a lot of good bookstores, so there's good shit. There's a lot of good shit. Um, and then Bob Cobal, I told you about that, right? That the judge, mm. who, who who I don't know, I don't know. I was really excited to bring him on, but I just don't know anymore. Why not? I just like is that an episode that needs to be dedicated to that topic and I'm not sure but no like he's ready to go like Molly talked to him for me and Mm -hmm. this is what she this is what he said quote he he said yeah I used to go down to the people's park protest and I'd see all the he literally like said the n-word basically and was like I'd see them he's like I'd see them all protesting in the day and the next day I'd convict them all and put them in jail like he said that Holy yesterday shit. yes and he was i mean he's got all his credentials he was a judge for a really long time he's very well spoken too but he's just got his views backwards so damn would that be interesting though man that to like dive I, into that guy's yeah, brain yeah yeah i feel i feel like you shouldn't close the door on this before it's opened you know you're like, right i should at least do the interview and just see what i get out of it yeah you don't have to publish or anything yeah that's a good point that's a good point yeah, okay. check it out. All right. I've done way too much talking, too. Like, I feel like I kind of cut you off at, like, 10 minutes, and now we're at 30 minutes. Bro, I, I literally asked you the question, man. Okay. <laughs> but, okay. Bro, bro, dude, like, if you can get that radio station to, like, sponsor you, you yeah. know, the podcast is like, this is a KBPS podcast, you know, like. Fuck, you're right. Yeah, so, like, you, but you got to stop writing this shit down, you know, like, just, just even the ideas. And maybe even, like, after you interview Kim, edit it slightly to have like a rough thing so you can send that to them as well yeah that's well that's what i want i want proof i don't want to email them until i literally have physical proof of this podcast existing well uh, yeah or virtual proof well you don't even need like an uh, actual podcast launch you just need like a proof of concept right like 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 have have kim's interview you know there to be like this is a story guys like they're interested in the story if the story's there they don't care whether the content's made just yet mm. they want to support you and that you write down your like episode outlines you know you yeah. said like you're really good at outlining right well it's the perfect <laughs> is the perfect time you don't have to commit to anything just outline your episodes yeah outline them bear back uh bear them out uh-huh. have kim's episode there or kim's interview it doesn't have to be an episode an interview um as like a like this this is the story like this is real guys this is i'm using this as like evidence here and attach an outline attach your expertise your interest including like linking the we the students i guess too yeah and then just send them 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 oh yeah definitely linking we the students yeah yeah so that's four things link we the students kim's episode slightly edited outline of all the episodes that you want to do and of a nicely written email boom guaranteed you'll get at least a response saying like oh this is interesting can we talk more yeah yeah you know this is this is good this is yeah exactly okay. this is something to look for, look to now it's, you know, it's also is, just nice to like talk to you about it there's just something about like doing this completely alone it just sucks not like, it not it yeah it's tough and it's just like nice to just talk about it with somebody so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so yeah mm. no bro bro literally tonight man tonight outline shit just start outlining. oh yeah yeah well i have some good outlining going already but definitely like some more something yeah. worthy of sending to somebody exactly exactly but it's gotta be written down like oh my god we have so many good ideas and it's just not written down you know 
Yeah, no, totally. All right. Jeez. David, thank you. Damn it. I, I miss just working with you, dude. <laughs> like, um, imagine if we could just, like, have these, like, brainstorming episodes in a studio just, like, every day. The things we could create would be insane. Yeah, I mean, we have this, man. This is the next best thing. So You're right. You're we'll right. Keep going. We'll keep going. We'll keep going. But otherwise, um, anything anything else? Um, I, I know Starbucks hasn't been the best. But. Uh, you know, yeah, it's not the best job in the world, but it's paying the bills. So mm-hmm. what else? And then, and I have been doing good on money. I mean, I, I came here with... Uh, with like $600 in my immediate account. I mean, I have like a lot more money tucked away. You know, I'm 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 touching like the 3 4 grand now cuz you just get paid so much money here. Mm. Like 18 to 19 an hour is a ridiculous amount <laughs> of money. Yeah. 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 Um and also, you know, I don't know if I, just a quick update on Molly. Well, and just like like just my life, I guess, <laughs> other than like all the intellectual things we talked about is uh i'm still very lonely but it's been getting better and i have been hanging out with more people i've have been hanging out with my housemates and doing lots of things but, but yeah I, I don't think molly and i are really like we don't really have plans to to be together and i don't i don't know mm-hmm. it's bad i mean it, but it's it's like bad but it's like not like it needs to be good you know yeah. So, I mean, w- w- do you have any desires? No, and I don't think she really does either at this point. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, she does a little bit. I can tell that she still would probably like to date me, but but at the same time, I don't truly believe it. Like, I feel like she wants just wants me to be her boyfriend and doesn't actually want to do do the things that need to be done. If that makes any sense, like you know just complimenting me like once a week <laughs> mm. you know it's just things like that like i i i have demanded and requested things very simple things like just an occasional compliment because like i've gone months and months without her saying anything nice to me and uh sometimes she, i mean those sometimes she doesn't even try to like meet those <laughs> so i just am done like it's just Wait, like taking, what like what do you mean it's, it's just taking its whole my self-esteem. Like, when I... It's weird. Like, I have dysmorphia when I talk to her now. Like, when we FaceTime, I feel worthless. It's the weirdest thing. I, I haven't ever felt this with anybody. Mm. And and then, and then I hang out with, like... Like, for example, like, David, you have this quality where when I talk to you and when we just, like, hang out is, like... It's almost a self-esteem booster. And it's not like you're directly just saying nice things about me. Mm-hmm. But I just feel good when we talk and hang out. And, like, the same with Taylor and the same with, like, Julius. Like, I don't know. I feel good about myself. But with Molly, like, I feel shitty. <laughs> like, I just don't feel good about myself when, I, when I'm with her. Hmm. It's, yeah. it's, hard, it's hard to explain, but it's just, it's just how it is. And I think the best thing for us is just to spend time away and, like, kind of grow as people. Yeah. If, it, if we are to ever get back together. That's what yeah. we need to do before. Yeah, and you know, I I think distance is something that's very interesting, right? I, I don't I don't know if I believe long distance myths, you know, or like the the stereotypes of long distance relationships. Mm. Okay, I I can't say that. You know, it's not like I'm a fucking expert on long distance relationships. <laughs> okay, I yeah. have one. Yeah, you know, but even I mean, I'm not gonna lie. Gone from Anna for ten days. What felt did feel really long. It was for fucking ten days. Yeah, and it felt so amazing to get back. You know, and I felt like it. Everything got kicked up into an eleven with her. Yeah, and it's like distance recharges. Um, but I did have this scary thought. You know, of you know, she she's applying to like colleges in the UK. You know, um, like so, mm-hmm. she goes to Oxford for some. Um, uh, if she goes to Oxford, and I, let's say, go to back to California, you know, and and potentially for years because you know graduate degrees, 
take a long time. Years, yeah. Yeah. Looks like you got to get to Oxford, David. (laughs) (laughs) That's the only logical thing you can do. Yeah. Um, But at the same time, you know, it's like. I don't know, man. I don't know. Being 19, man, 19, like you, you have these thoughts that you're just like, you automatically try and say like, you know what? These are, these aren't the thoughts. I'm fucking young. I'm naive. I, I, I haven't experienced heartbreak yet. I, that's the other thing, but I haven't experienced heartbreak. Mm. Like that's, I feel like, I feel like that's unacceptable to not experience heartbreak and to think, I could settle down with this person and live a life. I, I disagree, but I do understand. Well, okay, so 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 elaborate. Uh, okay, well, one I think heartbreak is is it's kind of overrated. Oh, oh well, well, some juicy shit now. Okay. Well, no, no, like people are obsessed with it. Like there are so many movies about it. There's so much music right. about it. But like, I don't know. I think if your heart's broken, you go get a fucking therapist. Like, mm-hmm. w- you, like how how were you so invested in something, and the other person wasn't? Like, how did you even end up in that situation? I, d- I don't even understand how you can get your heart broken. Like, can you not see that the other person was disinterested, or can you not see that the other person was an awful human being? I don't. I don't. I just don't get it. I don't even get how you can. <laughs> like i don't know does that make sense right I, I just don't even think it's an emotion that if you're aware of what's going on and you're aware of the person you're with you should probably never even experience it like what the hell is that even about i i've personally really never felt it like i have been dumped before but it definitely wasn't heartbreak okay and i don't see like if i'm with somebody couldn't you tell <laughs> like, do you get what i'm do you get what i'm where i'm going with this wait, wait, wait who could tell like let's say david you're with a girl okay and you've been together for a year they don't just suddenly break up with you and your heart's destroyed oh it takes yeah it takes time yeah it's like a it's just like a slow burning thing and i think there's like this there's there's this hollywood heartbreak that like you get a phone call and they're just like i'm done with you and you're just I don't think it's real, in, in all honesty. Hmm. I don't think it's yeah. real, and I think it's just a form of grief as well. At the end, you're just mourning the death of a relationship, not the person. Yeah. Yeah. But. Now. Yeah, I I wouldn't get too wrapped up into these like. These relationship emotions, like yeah, like heartbreak. And right. um, I think the only one that's important is love. And I think you're here experiencing it. Yeah. Do you think it's fair for someone to find a true, uh, a, a, a quote unquote true love without a heartbreak or without some sort of trial or tribulation? No, I mean, I think your if your first relationship is your first relationship and it just happens to be the one, then it just happens to be the one. I don't think there's a... Um, yeah, you don't have to like gain experience and level up and get different attributes and <laughs> upgrade your character <laughs> and then <laughs> finally find what you need. I, I don't think that's how things work. That's like there's no linear path to finding love. It's just all so random. And if it just happens to be your first one, then it just ha- happens to be the the random thing that happened to you. For some yeah. people, it takes tons of relationships. And for some, maybe it's one. Again, it's all just completely random. Like, of all the people you could have met, right, you met her. And it couldn't have been that way or it could have been that way. Right. You know? I, I don't think... I, I We shouldn't assign too much meaning to the universe and its ways, <laughs> you know? Damn. Yeah, I was like, shit. Damn, yeah, that... Thank you. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. I can live with that, actually. Um, 
I got a really scary memory of we were walking together. It was getting pretty late. It was dark and we were walking. We were her arm was around my my shoulder, over my shoulder, and kind of like leaning on me and we were walking. Bro, I'm going to sound fucking crazy. Okay. But I like almost hallucinated a kid running in front of us. Shut the fuck. Stop. Bro, bro, I feel like I'm going fucking crazy, man. Like, I don't know. Oh my god. I don't know, man. I have never done that before. I don't even know what really? to say. Well, I don't know. Kids have just have never I mean it's definitely something I'm going to do, but it's never made its way into my daily life and the daily thoughts. A child running? Wow. Yeah. I don't know. You guys would have very beautiful kids. They'd be so tall. (laughs) What the fuck? Okay, that part I didn't really think about. They would be, Um, they would definitely be D1 for sure. Jesus. If they wanted to be, they would have uh, an easy time doing pretty much whatever they want. Okay, that's, that's certainly interesting. Didn't really think about it that way, but I'll take it. Why does it feel wrong to like think about like the genetic makeup of your kids? It is a bit because like it's kind of like the idea where like oh yeah you uh um like yeah it's like living your 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 child living through your child yeah I know you know like I I just want to care for the kid oh definitely no at the end of the day that's all I want is like exactly yeah we talked about this you know god damn that is what I'm excited for is just to like sit down with my kid and just like. Bro, what do you think about? Like, what is going on in your head? Like, I would just love to talk to him all the goddamn time. That's what I'm excited about, is just to learn what who my kid is. Um, but I also find it interesting that you're putting two human beings together and you get a nice, you get a, like a combo human. Like, yeah. that's so weird. How is that not interesting? It is, but like, to be honest, I don't even think about it as a combination. It's just like, it's almost as if the relationship is the kid, mm. you know, or like the kid is the relationship, you know, like it's so, like you decide to care for another human being together. And that is a, a beautiful mission almost. Yeah. You know, it's definitely something I'm just so excited to do, but not anytime soon. No, no, no. I, I no, yeah, yeah. Obviously not me. Neither. Not I, anytime I, soon. I agree. I let's agree. get our let's get our degrees before we. No, obviously. Okay. Yes. Okay. I want to. I'm just glad we're on the same page, David. You're having hallucinations about children. I need to check in with you to make sure yeah, everything's no, okay. No, no, no. I know. I know. But but I mean, the, the other idea here is that like it's. I see very far into the future. Yeah, I know that. You know, with this person. I don't yeah. Know. I don't know. And and who knows this hallucination kid? It doesn't have to be a you know like, you know, our kid it could just be a random ass kid that <laughs> ran in front of us. I don't know. It was a hallucination, you know. Stop it! You know what the hallucination meant. Yeah, well, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Um, otherwise, yeah. No, otherwise, I think I'm doing okay in terms of curiosity. That's good. I think I'm doing okay. Um, I guess summer's not over, is it? No, 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 it's not. And I have some good leads. I have some good leads. I, I think feeling busy or feeling like there's things to move forward with and things to, to find out, that's always going to be good. Of course. Yeah, that'll motivate you to wake up. Exactly. You know? Exactly. So, yeah. Other than that, um, I'm trying to think what else. Have you? Been, I'm curious. Have you been, like, beyond running or, or, or walking, sorry, um, have you been playing tennis or any sort of like other exercise? Uh, biking. <laughs> Just oh, biking. yeah. Dude, and I've been, I was actually planning when we were hanging up, I think I might hit a 30 mile right now. Right now? Yeah, like right now. Like I'm going to go bike across the Bay Bridge and go to Daly City and then bike back. It's what, almost 10 at your time? Yeah, but that's like, it's better to, the later you bike, the safer it is. That's my philosophy and it hasn't failed me. Every time I, I've been hit by cars in the daytime. Literally, it's mm. so dangerous to drive during the day. It's just, it's chaos, man. But, but there's, it's, it is peaceful at night. 
and like I find it safer. I'm just more comfortable. So yeah. Nothing beats a 30 mile bike ride, dude. You have to give it a shot sometime. How long does that take for you? For me, it's like an hour and 45 minutes, but I'm flying, you know, like that's like, I I am dead at the end. Like I'm after that's like an average of like 17 something miles an hour. To 18. Jeez. Yeah. So do you bring water? Yeah, well, I, I bring a water sack and I wear a camelback. Oh, that's brilliant. Yeah, and then I just eat Snickers bars on the way because I have to have like the most concentrated uh, <laughs> just sugars and fats. And, and a Snickers bar is pretty good for just like pure energy. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't even really matter like what you put in your body when you're burning calories that fast. It's just you just need fuel. So, not bad, not bad. Yeah, we got to do it sometime. I I do my my like my goal goal goal, which is like if I want to ever push my body to the limit, is to bring like a tent and all this backpacking gear and bike to Seattle from San Francisco. And you bike like you just bike like thirty miles to fifty miles a day, and you just set up tent, you sleep, you bike another fifty to thirty, and you just meet people on the way and like, yeah. You know, sounds like fun. Oh, doesn't I, think, it? I I think I've seen that at Salem before. These these guys had these like decked out bikes. Yeah, exactly. With like, with like bags on them and shit, and yeah, yeah, that would be nice. Yeah, it's just like it's so much ascending. It, I would be dead for sure. Yeah, yeah, but still, yeah, just invite. Yeah, just like invest in a good ass bike. Yeah, you know, travel. Yeah. And it's free, man. Kind of. Yeah, it's free. Oh, I kinda, mean, your yeah. your your fuel is food. That's like your number one cost, obviously. Yes, but that's not too bad. It's definitely cheaper than driving, and you get to just soak up more. Oh yeah, uh, I'm good. I'm good. I've talked yeah, enough. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. I, I just with them. Yeah, yeah, I'm glad we do this shit, and we need to do it more often. I agree. I agree. I, I feel like we're both in a pretty good place right now. Wouldn't you say? Yeah, I'd say I'm actually like, instead of just focusing on the way I feel constantly and focusing on myself, I'm actually, I have other things going on. Yeah. Yeah, maybe that's what it is. You know, when we don't have things to do, we just hyperanalyze ourselves. Yes, and that's a dangerous mindset. You will always find things wrong and you want to change things. And yeah, it's just better to get your mind off yourself. So this is how... David Chen, Cal Slotin, felt on August 2nd, 2021.